What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me, as always, on a Friday, Michelle Machuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. Uh, it's a hungover Friday morning for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I already know right now that you're not feeling too great, but but tell everybody what were the re- the ramifications of the mayonnaise last week? Did you did you suffer? How did your body handle that? My body was not great. The, <laughs> it, it, it did not go well. We recorded that at night. Um, so the morning was not pleasant. That's all I have to say. What was worse, that morning or this morning with the hangover? Um, Probably that one. I'm not as hungover as I thought I was going to be. I'm feeling groggy, but my coffee's helping. And I ate watermelon. Guys, watermelon is apparently the answer to take away hangovers. Well, isn't hangover mostly dehydration? So the watermelon, I think, would help. It makes sense, but I've never ate it before when hungover, and I did it this morning, and it made me feel great. It's also just a delicious breakfast. So there you go. Great is also a strong word. I definitely do not feel great, but I'm going to get through this. All right. I like you're toughing it out. Uh, Before we get rolling here, we're going to do our top 10 wide receivers, although there's a little bit of a problem with that. I may have to disallow it. I don't know. We'll see. But we'll get to the wide receiver talk. Uh, But before we do, we always tell you, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We love your ratings and your reviews. You're helping us get our star rating up on Apple Pods, which we greatly appreciate. Got this one, five-star review, the best 49ers podcast that comes from Charlie Cole 23. I've listened to lots and lots of 49ers podcasts, but this is the best of them all. Rob gives his honest opinion on what he thinks, not what you want to hear. I love listening to Rob and Michelle the most on Fridays when they sometimes disagree, but I love them as a pair because they mesh so well together. Charlie, Aww. thank you very much. We do mesh so well together. Yes. You just make fun of me for being old and uh, I just take it basically. Yeah. I'm basically just your annoying little sister. It's perfect. <laughs> All right. We have been previewing fantasy positions here for the past couple of weeks. We did quarterbacks the first week. We did running backs. Now we are up to wide receivers. This is one of my favorites because I always feel like there's the most variance in wide receivers. Like you cannot look at who the top guys last year and be like, oh, they'll just all repeat. No, it is not like that at all. It's not like that in the slightest. I do want to kind of toot my own horn here among all the fantasy analysts over at fantasy pros that put in their pre-rankings before the season, I was the highest on Cooper cup. I had him at like wide receiver six or seven last year, which obviously was still too low. And I was the highest ranker. And I want to just give myself a little pat on the back for that one. You deserve it. And if you want more fantasy talk from you and your wife, you can listen to the ball blast podcast. It's all fantasy football. Uh, You should definitely go and check that out. All right, Michelle. Before we got started, you said, even though we're supposed to do top 10 wide receivers, you had a problem with that. Yes. When I do my projections, it's really hard, right? Because so many guys end up within one or two points of each other. And that's just, that's less than a handful of receptions different and really putting them in order. It's like, oh, I like this guy more more than the other guy, but it's by the slightest amount. So I can't leave out two of these guys when they're so close to wide receivers, nine and 10. So I needed to go to wide receiver 12. You need to let me do that, but I'll go quick. As I said, all right, we can do 12. Uh, just one more question. We've seen a lot of quarterback movement this offseason and some wide receiver movement, but how much does the quarterback movement affect things or does it not really change it? Oh, it affects 
things a ton. That's why I was so high on Cooper Cup last year because he was getting Matthew Stafford. <laughs> if he was just going to keep with Jared Goff, you know, I wouldn't have ranked him that high. But you'll see that in these rankings that the quarterback matters a lot, actually, with a lot of these guys. All right. Well, we're going to do 12 today, so we better get started. Who is at number 12? Michael Pittman Jr. from the Colts. He's going at wide receiver 12. He was a wide receiver 17 last year in the second season. He kind of had that breakout with Carson Wentz, 1,082 yards, six touchdowns. The reason I'm moving him up is because Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan loves his wide receiver one. At the start of his career, it was Roddy White. Roddy White, Roddy White, that's all he targeted. 1,300 yards and seven-plus touchdowns in three seasons with Matt Ryan. Then, obviously, we had Julio Jones. And then once Julio Jones was out in 2020 and injured, Calvin Ridley put up over 1,300 yards. And even last year, once Calvin Ridley was out, uh, he hyper-targeted Russell Gage. So it doesn't matter. He's going to hyper-target <laughs> his wide receiver one. And I think Michael Pittman's going to put up a big year with Matt Ryan with the Colts. Only four teams passed for fewer yards last year than the Colts. Now, part of that is because Jonathan Taylor is just incredible. It was chewing up yards in the ground. Clearly, he's going to regress a little bit. That's probably good news for the passing game. Matt Ryan is infinitely better than Carson Wentz. I'm so down on Carson Wentz. Uh, oh, yeah. So Michael Pittman at 12, I could see. Who's at 11? Mike Williams, baby. This is my boy. So I had him ranked high last year. He Killed it to start the year and then kind of died off, but he still ended as a top 10 wide receiver last year. I have him a little bit outside the top 10, but I love him. Like I said, it's by a few points for him being like wide receiver eight. So wide receiver 11, he had career highs last year. As I said, 1146 yards, nine touchdowns. There's no reason for this to come down with Justin Herbert going into his third season. Williams leads the NFL averaging 16.5 yards per reception since 2018. That's with a minimum of 150 receptions. And he was fourth among wide receivers last year in red zone targets. He had as many end zone targets as Jamar Chase. The touchdowns to still be there. And I think he takes over. He already did take over last year as the wide receiver one on the team. But I think that continues to trend in that way uh, next season. I love Mike Williams. He's to me, he's clearly their their red zone threat. He's giant. He's gonna get those touchdowns. And with Justin Herbert, like I just feel like the sky's the limit with him. Like I feel like Justin Herbert's still getting better. So there's even potential for Williams to do even better than he did last year. I'm surprised he's at eleven for you. I thought he might be a little higher. He could be easily. I wouldn't be mad about it. Like I said, it's by a few points, so I could interchange him. I'm fine with people putting Mike Williams higher, but he has to be in your top 12. Like he's on too good of an offense. He's too talented of a player. Yes, everyone's worried about his injuries, but he stayed healthy last year. He, he did it. So I trust him to continue. He, he falls like a maniac every time he catches the damn ball. <laughs> I wish he would just like maybe don't slam your body on the ground every time. Can you stay healthy, please? But he showed he could last year, so I'll trust him. All right. We have now officially gotten to the top 10. So Pittman and Williams, you couldn't leave out. That's fine. But now who edged them out to be in the official top 10? All right. It's Mike Evans of the Buccaneers. He's not an exciting one because like, he's just been around for so long. And he never seems to put up that super high yardage. He always has 1,000 yards every year of his career. But it's always right around 1,000 yards or 1,100 yards. But the thing he has been really amazing at, at least with Tom Brady, 27 touchdowns over the last two years. Insanity, 13 and 14. And then you have Chris Godwin. He, and 
he tore his ACL late in the year. He could start on the on the pup list and miss those first six games. I do believe that Tom Brady's still going to spread out the ball to Russell Gates, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, like Leonard Fournette. He's going to find other guys. It's not all going to go to Mike Evans, but I still think he's going to get 12 touchdowns again, a thousand yards again. He's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. Only three players in the league have caught more than 25 touchdowns the past two years. Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, and Mike Evans. He's a monster. Nobody's ever started their career with eight straight thousand yard seasons. That's Mike Evans. And he doesn't really get talked about a ton. He's just really freaking good. And he hasn't had Tom Brady for all those eight years. And he still does it. It's all he produces. I don't love to take Mike Evans because I think he is my bad luck charm. <laughs> anytime I have Mike Evans on my team, because I used to love him. So I would take him. And anytime I had him on a team or I bet on him in the past, I would always lose. So I don't take Mike Evans because he's my bad luck charm, but he's not everybody's bad luck charm. So you should take him. Wait, aren't you supposed to be like super expert fantasy analyst? Now you're letting superstition creep into yeah. your plans. Listen, I'm a sports girl. We're very all sports, very superstitious. All right. Number nine. Marquise Brown, baby. You oh, know, I love this God. guy. <laughs> Marquise Brown, a new Cardinal. I know you got nobody likes him but me, but I, I'm on this train Listen, he's a very good wide receiver. I don't know how many times I have to repeat that, but DeAndre Hopkins is out the first six games. Christian Kirk put up 982 receiving yards in 2021. Christian Kirk, and now he's gone. But I think Marquise Brown is a much better wide receiver than Christian Kirk. And we can't forget that Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray are besties. That matters. That matters a little bit. Brown uh, had... 25% of the Ravens target share in 2021. No other wide receiver on the Ravens had greater than a 12% team target share. You earn targets. You earn them. Like you can't just, you have to be good out there to get those targets. And Lamar Jackson had 106 passer rating when target targeting Marquise Brown last year. And then an 80 passer rating targeting anybody else besides Marquise Brown. So it's like, Maybe he's pretty good. Maybe Lamar Jackson might struggle without him. And the way the where Marquise Brown really excels is as a deep receiver. It just so happens Kyler Murray is pretty much one of the best deep passers in the NFL. So I think it's a really nice pairing for the two. I feel like Brown carried so much of the Ravens workload, though. Do you think he's going to get that much action in Arizona? There's really no reason for him not, right? With no, that's true. DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins out, what, I mean, unless they're going to utilize Rondell Moore so much more. Yes, Hopkins will be back after week six, but then like, who's? how are you going to guard DeAndre Hopkins and then also worry about Marquise Brown's speed? It's going to be really hard. He's going to be way more open at that point. So I think he gets the targets to start the season, and then the offense is going to really open up once Hopkins gets there. You always plant these like little seeds in my brain. You'll just mention, you know, I really like this guy. And then all throughout the year, whenever they do something, I just, it just grows and grows in my mind. And I'm like, son of a bitch, Michelle was right. I know you like, everyone's really hoping for Marquise Brown not to be right as you know, us rooting for the 49ers. We don't want him to go off, but I, I think he's was a great addition for them. I do think, like you said, the fact that he and Kyler have this chemistry that they work together on in college like that that is a factor that does matter especially like hey first year together they're probably a little further along than two people that had never played together would be so 
You have Pittman at 12, Mike Williams at 11, Mike Evans at 10, Hollywood Brown at 9. We are at number 8. And this is where our boy comes in, Debo Samuel. He's at wide receiver 8. Might seem a little low since he was the wide receiver 3 in 2021, and he was fantastic. He never had under 10 fantasy points in PPR in any game that uh, last season. Put up 15 fantasy points in 13 of the 16 games. Five games with 28 plus points. I mean, he was just dominant and he was a great weapon all over the field. Now, I think he's made it very clear this offseason. He does not want to be used as much as a rusher. So you have have to expect that to come down. Although that's probably good for his targets, right? But so eight rushing touchdowns that really you can't you can't predict that to happen again. I still have him scoring three, which I think is plenty fair. Um, and then I have his targets kind of staying the same at 130 targets because I do expect this offense to just, I expect it to be very run heavy with Trey Lance, maybe utilize Brandon Ayuk a little bit more. Uh, so I still have him putting up 1,250 receiving yards, five touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. So maybe I'm being a little low on him, but I still think he's going to be great. First of all, I loved the fact, I don't know, I, I think I sent it to you. He commented on Instagram. There was a question about the best wide receiver duos in 2023. And he tagged Brandon Ayuk and was like, hey, I like us, which is awesome because clearly that is a shift from his desire to play on the team earlier this offseason. But I, I like your prediction. You know, people forget how good he was for the first eight games of last year. He averaged six catches for 110 yards and five touchdowns just receiving in the first eight games last year. That's an incredible pace. And even though it slowed down in the second half of the year, he still averaged almost four catches, 65 yards, the last nine games of the season, which that's an 1100 yard pace. And that wasn't even like, he wasn't even used that much down the stretch last year as a receiver. So even if he's not running the ball as much this year, I still think just as a flat out wide receiver, he's still going to produce for you. You have him at number eight. Wow. I know. I, I feel like it might be a little too low now. Now yeah. that I'm talking through it, it does feel low. But do you see him putting up more than five receiving touchdowns with Trey Lance? I think he will because I think that he's going to be used more deep down the field than he was with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like a lot of Debo's touchdowns were him catching a short pass and breaking three tackles and running for touchdowns. How many touchdowns do you think Trey Lance? Is throwing. I think Trey's going to put up probably 30 touchdowns. Oh, we talked about this and you said you'd have his over under like around 25. You think he's putting up 30 passing touchdowns in his first season. That's, that's pretty bold. It is that's bold. really bold. I, I do agree. I think I, he's going to have eight plus rushing touchdowns. I could, I, I'll be surprised if it, he gets close to 30 passing touchdowns. I had it at like 24, 25, but then when I tried to go through like individually and assign them to different That's players, exactly on the team, what I was asking you. So yeah. once you do that, those go away pretty fast, right? You're like, Oh shoot, there's not enough to go around. Right. But that's why I'm saying it's going to be hard for Devo to have over five because unless you're then changing your projection, just because yeah. you don't have enough to go around. It's like, Eh, you probably should have stayed at the 24, 25 and figured out, you know, who gets those from there. It's a weird circle. I agree. You're like, Oh, that's not enough touchdowns. And then you're like, wait, Lance is going to throw for 30 touchdowns. Oh, I got to lower that. And it just keeps, it's like a terrible feedback loop that you get into. Um, 
but I think he's going to be, he's going to have a great year. It's going to be different. That's the thing. It's not going to look the way it looked last year, but I still think he could be effective. And of course, as a fantasy owner, you don't care how they do it as long as they do it. Number seven. Yeah. Now I'm kind of regretting this. I might change Devo with this guy um, and just push him up one, but I have Cortland Sutton at wide receiver seven. Wow. Ahead of Devo. Yeah, I do. With Russell Wilson, I I have him having a really great year. He's already had a breakout year. He put up um, 1,100 yards and six touchdowns in 2019. and 2020, he unfortunately tore his ACL in the very first week. And we kind of saw him coming back from that last year. He started off super strong, and then the Broncos were just a hot mess. I mean, he was averaging 77 receiving yards per game uh, for the first seven games, and then... I don't know. Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. Drew Locke is just garbage. And then it was a mixture of both of them. And it was just really bad. He's never had a good quarterback in his career. And Wilson, all he does is support really good wide receiver seasons. He's supported uh, three wide receivers, six instances to have uh, a wide receiver to have a thousand yard season since 2015. And then among those six times, all of those wide receivers had seven plus receiving touchdowns three of the times, 10 plus receiving touchdowns. So like Russell Wilson just gets it done and where Wilson shines is as a deep passer. He has had 65 deep passing touchdowns since 2016. Guess how many the Broncos team has had since 2016 deep passing touchdowns. That means 20 plus air yards. Uh, 25. Oh my God. On the dot. (laughs) Yes. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. 25, but again, Russell Wilson has 65. That wow. is 15 more than double what the Broncos have had as a team. And Cortland Sutton has averaged, um, sorry, I missed this here. Sutton has averaged 13.7 air yards per target in his career, which is the mm. fourth highest among 56 players with 300 plus targets since 2018. They're kind of just like a perfect match together. And I think Sutton's going to be Russell Wilson's DK Metcalf but kind of a more polished route runner for sure. Russell Wilson got Doug Baldwin to lead the league in touchdowns in 2015. So like he doesn't necessarily need the most talented guys to have success. And I think Horton Sutton is very talented. There are certain things I look for in wide receivers. Like, okay, is this guy physically talented? I think if you watch Cortland Sutton play, you could say yes. He hasn't had good quarterbacks. So that leads you to believe if he ever got one, he could produce more. And now I love the fact that he's a year away from the ACL injury. This isn't like his first season coming back. He's already had a year, which is generally when guys come back, when they really start to kind of get back to their old selves. Uh, I do think Cortland Sutton's going to be very good. I'm really surprised you have him ahead of Debo, but he should definitely be on the list. And when, okay, Cortland Sutton, I projected for 226 fantasy points and half PPR. Debo Samuel, 225. So it's a matter of 1.3 points difference so if you want to put Devo ahead of Cortland Sutton please don't come screaming at me that I did this they are very close I think Cortland Sutton has a higher ceiling like uh with touchdowns this year receiving touchdowns but Devo Samuel is just a I do think a much more talented overall wide receiver for sure and I feel like with Russell Wilson too like he doesn't really run that much anymore he is not the same runner he was when he first came into the league and granted he came into the league in 2012 it's 2022 now so that's kind of a natural thing but only two rushing touchdowns last year only two the year before 
Like he's, he's not a guy that's going to take away touchdowns from wide receivers because he's getting them on the ground. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that, I think the Broncos overall will have a very nice offense this year. And although the defense should be good, they're going to have to keep up with the chiefs and the Raiders and the chargers. Like they're going to have to put up some points. And if Sutton doesn't put up double digit touchdowns, I will honestly be surprised. Number six. All right. I don't feel great about this one because he's been a disappointment so far in his career for what we thought he was going to be. But I think this is finally his year. CD lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. Putting him at number six. Now, last year, he was drafted super high and disappointed us all. Wide receiver 15 in fantasy points. Wide receiver 17 in fantasy points per game. That was tied with Hunter, Renfro, and Brandon Cooks. Wow. Yeah, like we need him to be better than that, especially where he's being drafted. It's just too high. But CeeDee Lamb, for whatever reason, only had 19% of the Cowboys' targets last year. That has to go up. That's the same percentage of team targets as Mike Kosicki, the tight end of the <laughs> Dolphins. He should be seeing 25 plus percent of the team targets, right? With all the other elite wide receivers in the NFL, he needs to get that percentage up, and the Cowboys should be using him more. And you can see a reason why that should increase very high this year with Amari Cooper gone, Cedric Wilson gone, Michael Gallup is recovering from an ACL tear very late in the season. He could miss a good chunk to start the year. Lamb needs to prove that he can be the wide receiver one for a team and demand targets, and he should be utilized and have a huge year. And it's only his third career season, right? So I'm saying he's been a disappointment. This is the third year. And back in the day, just when I say back in the day, I mean, just a few years ago, we were always saying it takes wide receivers till their third season to truly break out. Now we're seeing these guys do it sooner, but I, I, this should really be a massive year for CD lamb. If he can't do it this year, I'm pretty much going to give up on him, but I'm going to hold him high here, at least for now. When the 49ers drafted Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Shanahan said the two wide receivers he loved the most were CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Ayuk. Those were his two favorites. But you're right. I mean, he's never, Lamb has never caught 80 passes in a season. He's never caught seven touchdowns in a season. I do worry about him around the end zone in the red zone. Can he be effective in that area? I don't know. But I mean, if Dak is not just a little less banged up than he was last year after his injury last year he really yeah. was a different player if he can kind of avoid that you're right like who else is going to get these gadgets and yards for the cowboys so I, I agree i totally get why you have him at number six and i do have their rookie doing pretty well jalen tolbert by the way very sneaky later round pick in your drafts i i he was one of my favorites. I kept wanting the 49ers to draft him and he's going to be put in to a prime situation where he can honestly fight for those wide receiver two targets. Uh, so I have him having a pretty decent year if you want to take him late, but CD lamb should dominate. That's if he can't, that's a, that's a huge worry. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the cream of the crop, the top five fantasy wide receivers for 2022. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast, counting down the top 10 fantasy wide receivers for 2022. Uh, we actually did 12 because Michelle doesn't like rules. <laughs> Michael Pittman at 12, Mike Williams, 11, Mike Evans, 10, Hollywood Brown, 9, Debo, 8, Cortland Sutton, 7, CD Lamb, 6. Now we get into the elite players. How big of a gap is there between the top five and the rest of your countdown? That's where it starts to be a pretty big gap. Um, I'll say... The top two have a massive gap. We'll get to them. But these uh, these 
next three guys all have a pretty big gap from CD Lamb as well. But these next three guys are all pretty close to each other. All right. Who is number five? All right. Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm keeping him at five. Some people have him at number one. I'm not I'm not bu- that bullish on him. I do think he's an go- amazing player. He'll have an amazing season, but I think the other guys ahead of him will just be more consistent. He was a wide receiver five in fantasy last year, his rookie season. He was, like, his efficiency to start the season was insane, though. 18 yards per reception on the season Jeez. is insane, and that's really hard to repeat. And we saw that throughout the year. Weeks one through seven, he averaged 108 yards receiving yards per game, 21.5 yards per reception, 69 completion percentage. And then from weeks eight through the Super Bowl, that dropped down to 76 yards per game, 15.1 yards per reception, 63 completion percentage, which by the way, all those numbers are still fantastic, but this is what I'm just showing. It's really hard to be as efficient as he was last year. And from those weeks, eight through the Super Bowl, it wasn't Jamar Chase that led the Bengals in receiving yards. It was T. Higgins. He had 1,144 receiving yards. Jamar Chase was at 1069. So close, but both of these guys are great. And I do expect T. Higgins to still be a huge part of this offense. Um, With Jamar Chase, the reason why I have him at five and not higher, he was highly inconsistent in fantasy. He was a wide receiver three or worse in 59% of his games. And when I say wide receiver three or worse, that means wide receiver 25 or worse that week. Um, And 59% of his games. So it's like he had massive games, but he had a lot of low games. To compare that to other players, Justin Jefferson ended as the wide receiver 25 or worse in just 18% of his games. So 18 compared to 59, pretty wild difference. Yeah, he had two games last year over 200 yards, but eight games where he didn't even reach 60. That drives me nuts as a fantasy. Like, I would just give me consistent production, you know, because those weeks where he's under 60, like, that kills you. He's your bell cow guy, somebody you're going to have to draft very high. You, He can't have weeks where he's doing that. It crushes you. He put up 55 points in one week. In week that's 17. Ins- now, he won you He won you championships because it was week 17, championship week. I mean, that's mm-hmm. amazing. But 55 points is a massive chunk of his overall season. He put up 13 or fewer points in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. Oh, wait, 11 games. No, sorry, 10 games. So how can you count on that, that level of production for next year? Then How could he be number five if he's so hit or miss? Because he's going, well, A, Justin Jefferson did this in his rookie season and it became a lot more consistent in the second year. So there's there's room for growth for him to be more consistent. But also it, those big boom games do matter. And with wide receivers, almost all of them are pretty highly inconsistent. Uh, so you got to take the down weeks with the huge weeks. Uh, he's going to win you a lot of weeks and then other weeks he's not going to do a whole lot. But I still think he's going to finish here Um, and that's why I was saying that's why he's five instead of higher, because I think the other guys will just have way more consistency throughout the year. Speaking of the other guys, we are at number four on your countdown. All right. Number four, Devante Adams, a new Las Vegas Raider. I almost said Green Bay Packers. It's going to be weird. (laughs) It's going to be very weird to see him with the Raiders. Uh, I, I expect him to be kind of the same player. I think he's going to be hyper-targeted with the Raiders, with Derek Carr. He's Derek Carr's 
bestie. Um, but I, I think they brought him here, paid him all that money, traded those picks. They're not like Hunter Renfro is not going to get nearly the same amount of targets he saw last year. He'll go back down and really like Demarcus Robinson, Matt Collins, like no one else on this roster in terms of wide receivers is going to be getting very many targets. Darren Waller will still get his share, but Devonte Adams is going to do his thing. Do I expect him to get double digit touchdowns without Aaron Rodgers and with Derek Carr? No, but I still have him at nine. Like Hunter Renfro last year had nine. So I think he can do it as well. So I have him with over 1300 yards, nine touchdowns. He, he'll be great. Yeah. It's very, it's like uncharted waters. Cause he's a really good player, but he is going to a quarterback who is not on the same level as Aaron Rodgers. But like we talked about with Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray, Derek Carr and Devonta Adams played together at Fresno state. Now it's going to take some time to regain that chemistry, but they do have it still. It's from what I heard. I mean, David Carr said, that they've been trying to get this deal for like five years. So clearly like they have wanted to play together. Uh, so that's just a, a fascinating wrinkle. I think obviously he's clearly going to be the number one. I think that Derek Carr is not as terrible as some people like to think. And I think he's going to be pretty productive. I get why you have him this high, frankly. Like I, I think he's, he may not be green Bay, like peak Adams, but I think he's still going to be damn good. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, He's just Devonte Adams, right? This isn't because of Derek Carr; it's because of Devonte Adams, and he's just—he's just great. Number three, I'm going with Stephon Diggs, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he was the wide receiver three in fantasy in 2020, and then dropped down to the wide receiver seven in 2021. That felt like a disappointment because people were drafting him as a top three guy, and if you don't end there, then it doesn't feel great. But he had the same amount of targets as he did in 2020. Uh, so last year he had 164 targets in 2020, 166. It was right there. It's just his yardage dropped so much, 300 fewer yards on those same amount of targets. And that's all due to his catch percentage, 63%, 63%, mm. which in 2020 was at 77%. <sighs> that is a massive drop. And listen, 77% was super high and that was always going to come down. But his career average before that, it was 67, 68, 67, 75. Like he's always been around that 67, 68 range. So if you just put him right back up, I am just 66%. I think that's super fair. And that's going to put him back up into the 1300 receiving yards. I think without Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders gone, there's no reason for him to not get another 160 targets that could even increase. Uh, so I, I just think he gets back into his 2020 season and is a top three wide receiver again. Some of the drop in that catch percentage probably has to do with the fact that Josh Allen did not have at least statistically as good of a year last year as he did the year before, which he was incredible two years ago. He was always going to drop off a little, but I agree. I think that the truth will lay somewhere in between my only worry with Diggs is, and I don't, I say worry, this isn't really a huge worry, but like we're talking about top three wide receivers now. And so if, to me, if I'm, if I want a top three wide receiver, I want a guy that's going to put up at least 10 touchdowns. Got to give me double digits. If you're a top three wide receiver, he's done it the past two years. Can he do it again? Maybe, but I could also see him end up with like eight or nine. And if I'm, you know, picking him this high and getting a top three guy, that's not what I want. Yeah, I could see that maybe putting Adams over Diggs just because of the touchdowns. But again, is Derek Carr going to support Devonta Adams to have double digit? I don't know. Derek Carr doesn't ever really put up 30 
passing touchdowns? Has he even done it once? No, he did it one time. Um, I'm not a Derek Carr fan. You know that. So (laughs) I'm going to go with Josh Allen's wide receiver one over Derek Carr's, but it's close. So I can see what you're saying there with the touchdowns. The other thing is we don't know how much of a change there will be in the Bills offense now that Brian Dable is in New York. Can Ken Dorsey do it? Former 49ers quarterback Ken Dorsey, by the way. I don't, you know, it's probably going to be fine because Josh Allen is still really good, but that there is uncertainty there. And again, when you're talking about elite guys, uncertainty is not a thing I like to think about. All right. Number two. All right. There's a massive gap with these two guys between everybody else. These are my top two guys. And I'm going with Cooper Cup at wide receiver two and not wide receiver one, but it has more to do with the other guy than it does with Cooper cup. Cause Cooper cup is going to be amazing. Still, is he going to put up 1900 yards uh, and 145 receptions and 16 touchdowns? Probably not. Right. That's all <laughs> going to come down a little bit. Now, is he still going to be absolutely amazing? Yes. But I do expect those targets to come down to maybe 170 and that still would probably lead the NFL, but 191 targets, 191 targets is insane. They add Allen Robinson. We'll see, you know, if OBJ comes back later in the season, but Allen Robinson is a very good wide receiver. Now he wasn't last year. It was terrible, but does he get back on his game? And if he does, he is going to steal some of those targets away. And just that little bit of targets could bring him down a bit. He's never been like a really high yards per reception guy, like 13.4 is respectable, um, but not one of those guys that's a 15 or above. His catch percentage last year, 76%. If that just comes down a little bit, you know, because that's a really high rate as well. Touchdowns just come down a little bit to 12 instead of 16. So I have him at wide receiver two instead of one. But if you want him at one, that's completely fine. Cooper Cup's amazing. The most incredible thing about last season for Cup is that in the second half of the year, when everybody was like, okay, like clearly Cup is doing something special. Like we got to stop him. He got better. In the second half of the year. Yeah. Everyone was like, he's going to drop off at some point. Like his, right. it has to come down at some point. So I could look silly for this, but I'd like, like I said, there is a massive gap between Cooper cup and Stefan Diggs. It's um, and Devonte Adams and Jamar chase. Like it is Cooper cup, a good 30 points ahead of those guys. He's got a great play caller in Sean McVay. He's got a quarterback in Matt Stafford that is going to let it rip. And he's a really good player. That's a hell of a combination. In his last 10 games last season, his completion percentage was 80%. You thought Diggs was high at 77 in two years ago? Cup, 80%. That's absurd. And they go to him near the goal line. They go to him whenever. Whenever there's trouble, screw yep. it. Throw it to Cooper Cup. Oh, the he's Bucks so are coming back last year. What does Stafford do? Just drops back, chucks it deep to Cooper Cup. Like, I... I love the combination to me. He's like Jordy Nelson. He's like Jordy Nelson 2.0. Like he's better than Jordy Nelson. I love him. I hate it that he's on a division rival, but Cooper cup is really freaking good. He really is. And if you want to draft him be ahead of my wide receiver one, I cannot blame you, but I just think this kid who's younger uh, on an offense that is apparently going to blow up is uh, just gonna outbeat him by a little bit. Brandon Ayuk, right? Oh yeah, of course. I would, I would love that. I would love that. But I'm going with the other guy from the same draft class, Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. At this point, you may say, "Wait, where is Tyree Kill? He's not in your top twelve. He's not." 
So I'm very sorry about that. But Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one, he had the quietest 1600 receiving yard <laughs> season in the world because of Cooper Cup. It was all about Cooper Cup, like putting up almost historical numbers. So we didn't pay attention to Justin Jefferson in his second season having 108 receptions, 1,616 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Put up 1,400 yards in each of his first two seasons. That's insane. No guy has ever done that. And this is the most receiving yards through the first two years in anyone's career in NFL history. And he's never like 10 touchdowns last year. That's great. But I think there's still room for growth there. And as I talked about in the quarterback episode a couple of weeks ago, I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a career year. And in return, Justin Jefferson, I think, has plenty of room for growth in the touchdown category. Well, he should still be getting those same targets. Like I 167 targets last year. I don't see a reason for that to come down. This was in an offense that wasn't pass heavy. And now they're all talking about this entire group is so excited because they're supposed to be way more pass heavy this year and opening things up. The Justin Jefferson putting up 1800 yards is possible. Do I have him projected for that? No, but I still think his ceiling is so great while his floor is so incredibly safe. I think he's the most talented wide receiver in the NFL and he's going to be my wide receiver one this year. I think that's a great point. People don't realize how good he has been right out of the gate. In his first two seasons, he has more than 200 yards, or he has at least 200 yards more than any receiver has ever had in NFL history in their first two seasons. That's ridiculous. Now you're saying they're going to be more aggressive and throw the ball more? That's fantastic. You looked it up for me the other day when we were talking about Debo Samuel players that have had at least 1400 yards in consecutive seasons. I think there is, it has happened 14 times. I think there's been 12 guys to do it. Justin Jefferson is one of those guys and he's done it in his first two seasons. My only question with him is how many touchdowns is he going to get both? Because, you know, when you get down in the red zone, the, the windows become smaller and you need a quarterback that's willing to let it rip and throw it in there. Kirk cousins isn't always that guy. Plus he doesn't exactly have the strongest arm in the world. But I think you're right. Everything is setting up for Jefferson to just continue and have a, an incredible monster, monster season. So I have no issue with him at number one. How big is the gap between Cup and Justin Jefferson? Those are close. It's about a touchdown difference. That's it. Um, in points, anyways. Uh, the reason why I have a small gap, Justin Jefferson averages 15.4 yards per reception in his career. 15 yards last year, 15.9 in his rookie season. So he just gets those, uh, he gets a lot of yards after the catch too. I know Cooper Cup does as well, but Cooper Cup is down towards that 12.7 mark. So he needs less targets to do more. Um, so although I think they'll get around the same amount of targets, uh, Justin Jefferson just typically does more with his targets. So the top 12 really quickly, Michael Pittman. At 12, Mike Williams, 11, Mike Evans, 10, Hollywood Brown, 9, Debo Samuel, 8, Cortland Sutton, 7, CeeDee Lamb, 6, Jamar Chase, 5, Devontae Adams, 4, Stephon Diggs, 3, Cooper Cup, 2, Justin Jefferson, 1. You mentioned it earlier. Why no Tyreek Hill in the top 12? I just, I can't get him there with Tua um, as his quarterback and with Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, playing with him, Jalen Waddle's a super talented wide receiver as well. I think they kind of split that target share. I have Tyreek Kill with 135 targets, and I think with you know Tua, his yards per reception is not going to be super high. 
his catch percentage, it, it should be, you know, two is he's accurate enough. So it should be fine. I have him with 1100 yards, seven touchdowns. Like, and that's just not good enough to get you inside the top 12. Could I look like an idiot? Sure. Cause Tyreek Hill is super impressed, like a super talented wide receiver. I just, I don't think this, I don't know why he wanted to leave Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs so bad to go to Miami, but uh, money. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I personally would take a couple million. You're going to be rich as hell no matter what, right? If they pay you 25 million or 30, and then you at least get some championships out of it. Yeah, but he's already got one of those. And it's probably a little cooler to live in Miami than it is to live in Missouri. Just, I hate you know. Miami. I lived okay. there and I hated it. But my next question, and this is, you know, look, it's a Niners Nation podcast, so I'm going to ask this. Brandon Ayuk, I've consistently said I think nobody has been held back more than him. I think he's really, really freaking good. I think that his numbers would look a lot better if Kyle Shanahan actually used him in the first part of the season last year and didn't put him in the doghouse. Seemingly, whatever issues they had are all worked out. Trey Lance obviously taking over for Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you see for Ayuk in 2022? I wish I could say I see a breakout because I think he's a super talented wide receiver. You know, I was all on the Ayuk train last year, not on the Debo train. I was very wrong about that. I think I thought Ayuk was going to be the wide receiver one. But like I said, I think this is going to be a very run heavy offense with Trey Lance. And unfortunately, there's just not going to be enough targets to go around to support two guys having a great fantasy season. So I'm going to stick with Debo as he's shown that he's just uh, the guy that, uh, Shanahan wants to utilize more often and he's super talented. So he should. Uh, and unfortunately that doesn't leave a whole lot for Ayuk. I do have him leading and receiving touchdowns with six, uh, but I only have him with a hundred targets and that's just not enough for fantasy. Last question for me. This is somebody that everybody like there, there are certain guys that become like the hot players that everyone likes to talk about. And that's Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit lions. I never like going with guys that have quarterbacks that I cannot stand, which Jared Goff is one, but he blew up in his final six games, 51 catches, six touchdowns. He plays on the lions. Like, was that real? Where do you put him? I mean, he's clearly talented, right? If you can demand those targets and actually do well with them in the NFL as a rookie, then you're talented. But They didn't have TJ Hawkinson healthy. DeAndre Swift was out for a while. He gets a ton of receptions. They had no other wide receivers. (laughs) They trade all the way up to get Jamison Williams. Well, he is coming back from an ACL tear, so we'll see if he's ready to start the season. Although it sounds like he's doing pretty well. Um, He's going to steal targets away. Then they added DJ Chark. We'll see if he can finally stay healthy, but he's a much better wide receiver than anyone else they had. Hawkinson will be back healthy. DeAndre Swift will be back healthy, we assume, anyways. So I have his targets decreasing to 124. And with his yards per reception being so incredibly low, that just doesn't do a whole lot for me. So I have him ranked really low, uh, like outside my top 30 wide receivers. So I'm not going to be in on him at his current price. Now, if that drops, then sure. But at his current price, I will not have him on many rosters. But he's very talented. I'll give him that. I just, he needs so many targets to be productive. And I just don't think he gets them all like he did last year. That was the most Pittsburgh accent you've ever given us on the show right there. Wait, why? What? what he's very what talented. 
He's very talented. Oh, goodness. I'm sorry. It doesn't come out very often, but certain words, it just pops. And there you go. All right. So that is the top 12 wide receivers. We've done quarterbacks. We've done running backs. We've done wide receivers. I would like to do tight ends next week as long as you're on board. Yeah, let's do it. And there's only like three tight ends that matter, but we'll I'll I'll find 10 of them. That's that okay. is just mean. How dare you? Don't let George Kittle hear you say that. Maybe he wasn't even one of the ones that, I mean, matter. No, I'm just kidding. George Kittle's amazing. What do you think about David Carr saying that Darren Waller is the best tight end in the NFL? Well, he's just wrong. That's that's fine. Uh, Jason Aponte said it this week. Look, everybody can have their opinion. That's fine. But some opinions are just wrong. And that's one of them. He is so biased. Like, come on. Like David Carr, you, if you're going to be in the media, you can't just be obsessed with your brother. (laughs) You cannot just be obsessed with your brother and his team. I mean, Waller's really good. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. He's Waller's just great. Not as good as those. That's Kittle and Kelsey. And that's fun. Yeah. That's not a knock. It's just reality. So, all right, we'll do the tight ends next week. Again, everybody, please, please, please keep your ratings and your reviews coming. We love them. And as we always say, if you leave it, we read it. Michelle, I hope you have a fabulous weekend. You got any big plans? A nap right after this. That's for sure. God, the older I get, the more I look forward to naps. So I don't blame <laughs> you one bit. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye, y'all.